Sane Asylum. I'm your host, Giuseppe. Remember, remember the 5th of November, where uh, some very clever uh, Brit almost uh, pulled off a miracle and took down the corrupt uh, Jews in Parliament. Very close, very close. And so uh, here it is, 5th of November. Thanks for tuning in. And it's going to be a fine little white nationalist uh, mini roundtable. We have uh, First, two co-hosts. First is uh, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, North, Northern Nevada, Paul. Paul, how are you doing today? Very, very good, my friend. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, welcome to uh, the normal Sane Asylum for all the RBN listeners. Um, I, we can discuss briefly what took place the last couple of weeks, but we got a great show. Uh, all the clips are fantastic. I looked at them all. And uh, let's introduce our other... Uh, a young, uh, a young, brilliant man uh, who got the pleasure to call friend and brother now, Zach from Logos Revealed. Welcome, Zach. It's glad to have you back. I'm glad to have you back, brother. Uh, thank you very much for for having me on again. And uh, hello, Paul. This is my first time actually uh, getting to talk to you as well. Yeah, Zach. Uh, thank you for saying that. I actually called in one time when you were on, but other than that, yes, this will be the first time we're on together. Well, there you go. And so, uh, Paul, you alluded to it, and the last couple weeks I felt more like uh, Jerry Springer than Giuseppe Vafangulo, but, you know, 
uh, when you have highly animated, highly intelligent, strong-willed alpha males that happen to disagree vehemently on how to take it to the Talmudic parasite, uh, boy, that was uh, that was something else. And I'll tell you what, it w- won't break my heart if I don't hear the phrase bitch tits ever again. And so, you know, I'm never going to apologize for free speech, and Sunday nights are the classic ghetto of talk radio, so you can get a little bit more uh, uh, salty. But that was really over the top, but, you know, I mean, sometimes it happens, and and, and you know, uh, for those listeners who weren't too happy, you know, there's a that's not the norm for the show, but you know, uh, you can always turn it off for uh, Giuseppe's show if you don't like it. So that being said, Paul, what did, what did you think? You were there for both both shows. That was crazy. Well, you know, it's interesting what you just said about it's not the norm. You know, okay, sure, but there were important things said by all parties i really do believe that and i've since watched uh, a little bit more of harry vox and including i watched and listened to his response videos and by themselves you know it's still good content for the most right. part and there's things that he said I, I can agree with and and he's he's good radio there's no doubt about it but i completely uh, concur with your take that it was all completely or mostly unnecessary ad hominem personal attack yeah, he's in, he's entitled to have his opinions. You know, we all do. I, I have my own suspicions and doubts, but I think Harry missed the point that I tried to raise and that is right there to be made. And that's what about the content? Okay, forget about the individual that's bringing the message. You know, the classic stuff about oh, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, okay, you know, we get it, right? We don't necessarily want people that uh, would not be who we choose to play um, a advocacy or a leadership role however that being said you know we have to look at what they're doing and saying and the work you know that they're putting in and for god's sake you want to be mad at people be mad at all the mainstream politicians that have been telling us for you know a century how israel's our greatest friend or be mad at what uh, you know trump you know let's let's face it now we've all seen trump show his true colors again right it's like okay so how could you be serious about any american politician but you want to you want to bitch and moan about guys like handsome truth or you know i've seen the same sort of accusations about this guy brandon martinez oh you're not mm-hmm. white oh you're a spanish this but yeah, yeah. you know what anybody who's explicitly pro white is fine by me even if they're not white right so ht has been from the start explicitly pro white and he's pointed out the jewish problem so that's good, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't think it's any kind of a successful op. You want to call it a Fed op, a Jew op, a psychological op, whatever you want to call it, right? What kind of successful op puts forth the message that the world's problem and the country's problem is the internal and eternal enemy, the Jewish power structure? If that's what the person does, I don't think that that's anything we have to complain about. So back to you, buddy. Well, that was an excellent summation, and uh, I don't know, Zach, did you catch either one of those shows? I mean, you, you're a busy guy in your own right, so. Uh, I did catch it, actually, um, and, you know, I, I agree with a, a lot of the the sentiment. Um, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thinker that we should always be analyzing the, the right and the wrong in all the actions we're doing. Uh, if we're going to perfect this work and really get our message out there, um, we need to be very analytical as to what is beneficial and what is not. Right. Uh, however, um, these are serious conversations that need to be held by serious men. And yes. 
being unable to actually maintain yourself in a serious demeanor and again kind of throwing these these insults left and right uh it, it actually takes credibility away from his his actual critiques themselves so i think we need to learn how to handle ourselves like like adults great point and you know what's interesting is he had this like this this breakdown about john minadio who is now serving 30 days in prison for uh uh you know supposed intent to litter not even littering i mean this is ridiculous and and you guys probably all saw the picture of him in handcuffs when he turned himself in which was completely unnecessary there was no flight risk he was no violence risk i mean he shouldn't have even been arrested his only previous record was uh, a speeding ticket like 20 miles over but of course they're making an example of him and that's just that's just really infuriating to me but you know it's interesting that two weeks straight tried to make that point to harry that you know look you know this is just ad hominem and i don't know if you saw this week but he's just been a machine in putting out you know compelling new videos he's like the old harry the vox not this guy who who had lost his, his marbles with, with uh, hatred of, of another guy. And I think, Paul, your point a few moments ago was vital that, look, you know, everybody's got their own take and not everybody likes the flamboyance of John or, or some of the other things he's done, but he really resonates with young, white, disenfranchised nationalists. And those are the guys, if we're ever going to get this country back and remove the the, the, the Jew malignancy, it's going to be those white young men of the future generation. So the fact that he can, you know, every one of his shows, he's getting between six, seven hundred and a thousand live viewers and then thousands of, of views uh, in the archives. And and so, uh, you know, I, I don't know what 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 went up with Harry. But, I mean, now he, all of a sudden he's the regular Harry again. So, I, you know, I, I can't – I have no clue. I have lots of theories. I'm not going to say them on the air because that's just speculation. I don't like to speculate. But anyway, uh, any, any other thoughts, Paul or Zach? Otherwise, we, we'll consider the matter closed and uh, back to normal. Um, no, for the moment, I thought we all did some uh, good summation as best we could. And uh, sure, let's, uh, let's carry on. Well, the big news I want to make sure we mention uh, both hours is, Zach, you've got a, a really I- interesting event coming up on uh, Veterans Day 11-11, so why don't you tell everybody about it? Uh, yeah, sure. Thank you for giving me a platform to promote that. And um, for those who uh, who haven't heard, I have I have actually mentioned it on my stream, but uh, G-Man will actually be joining me for this event. Um, on the 11th, we will be hosting a white nationalist roundtable at 2 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to be uh, discussing um, some ways that we can organize, maybe uh, some ways that we can actually reduce infighting. That is a a topic I have in mind to to discuss. Um, It's going to be a a very professional setup with a a group of very professional men that are well-spoken and and have a, a deep understanding of the political climate as of today. Well, that sounds fantastic, Zach. And, and maybe it can even become an annual event. That would be very cool. You know, something to, to uh, um, you know, everybody can look forward to. But I'm honored that you asked me to be part of it. And I think it's going to be really compelling. So uh, that's, again, on Odyssey. It's I have on the video side of things, I have Zach's Odyssey page up, Logos Revealed, at Logos Revealed. Capital L, capital R. I think you can find it with lowercase, but uh, it'll it'll be well worth checking out. And again, that's 1111, 
on uh, uh, next week. Jesus, it's crazy. Sometimes things happen, you just lose all track of day and time. It's crazy. And uh, but I'll tell you what. One thing I'd like to get both your thoughts on, and we're gonna we're gonna hammer this hard. But one of the most disgusting, revolting, nauseating spectacles I have witnessed in in recent decades occurred when these vile Jew uh, satanic parasites walked into the UN wearing their little. A uh, yellow star of Remnant, or whatever that actually—it's not the star of David. They have nothing to do with David. It's their 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 satanic worship, and they walked in wearing it and trying to play the the pity card. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that big, like six ten guy dressed up like a clown, but he can sing great. It's called he call his little shtick is called Puddle's Pity Party. I mean, he's got a great voice, but that's what made me think of this these maudlin kikes. And they're uh, and they're 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 trying to somehow evoke pity when they're literally murdering tens of thousands of innocent native Palestinians. The vile Jew has no right to that land. They're they're genetically insane. They're genetically inbred psychopaths. And what they've done to the poor people. If you've ever looked at uh, uh, the 1920 footage of the Palestinians, they were sophisticated. They were Western leaning. And and that's all been been destroyed and and so uh, you, uh, let's go to Paul first and then Zach. What did you think when you saw those vile kikes walking in with that uh, star of Remnon or whatever it's called? And never again, man. I'd like to see you all wearing that star again, honestly, tattooed between your eyebrows. Well, that sums it up for me, bud. Uh, you know. <laughs> If you remember the text I sent you in response to that, I said, hey, day one in my administration, the cottage industry of made in the USA starts with me. And there'll be a lot of yellow stars being sewn onto clothing if it was up to me. I couldn't agree more. Zach, your thoughts? Well, I think it's um, I think it's actually the same situation that we see with everything else they do. It's it's a victim card that they're playing uh, in order to garner sympathy but what's also interesting about this is we actually see, I don't know if you've seen interviews of uh, a lot of homosexuals in uh, the last couple years, they'll wear a shirt with a pink triangle on it, which yep. is uh, also in reference to um, the World War II period when the National Socialists made them wear a pink triangle. And they are, uh, they're trying to, because they now have so much uh, political pull in this country, they're trying to take these symbols that were once uh, meant to, uh, they say it was meant to degrade them. Really, it was just meant to uh, label them so we knew what we were associating with. Um, and now they're trying to use it as a symbol of pride and, and actually force that symbol upon us as something we must respect. Yep, that's right. And if there's one thing right. I can tell you, I will never, ever do is respect any Zionist, Talmudic, uh, international Jew. Never, never, never. Paul, you were going to say there, something. There, like that. Yeah, no, no, no worries. There was an addendum to this thought, and of course it's the idea, we've all heard the phrase, that uh, he can pass or they can pass. And yeah, that's, yeah. Why, that's why it was necessary, because there has been such an admixture and a, a corrupting of our race over time that a lot of the Jews can pass for whites. It would be nice if they all looked like you know, Chuck Schumer, Alan Dershowitz, <laughs> you know, Jerry Nadler, uh, Barbara Streisand. I mean, you know, then we, we know because there's a certain physiognomy that was well known and well understood for centuries. And that's yeah. why they're always were regarded as the aliens that they were yeah. to white Western European culture. 
So in my uh, humble opinion, you know, uh, the Germans did nothing wrong. They didn't do nothing. 100%. Well, Sam, could you queue up? Let's start in the past. <clears throat> Clip number five, Sam. This is the brilliant and courageous Father Coughlin 1936 speech in Cleveland, Ohio. And sadly, this is what, uh, 2313, 87 years ago. And this has never been more true today. Listen to this. The depression still waxed strong as the powers of deflation reached out to confiscate homes, to capture farms, and to keep that ever-marching army of jobless upon our streets, wondering when God in his mercy would lift his hand. I dared you and challenged you to organize so that the people, if not the president, would drive the money changers from the temple, and you did it. They believe that the Federal Reserve Bank has the right to coin and regulate the value of money. They're not even Americans, these so-called Democrats and Republicans. You appreciate the fact, my dear friends, that among other things in the National Union for Social Justice, we are Christian insofar as we believe in Christ's principle of love your neighbor as yourself. And with that principle, I challenge every Jew in this nation to tell me that he does not believe in it. all the factories and the fields and the forests and the mines under a new kind of God made of flesh and blood and clay and hatred. When men become so prideful that they believe their destiny is to rewrite the eternal law to rise up in their wrath and through the agency of ballots and not bullets to relegate them to the pages of the past. All right. It, it, did you guys, first Paul and Zach, did you hear those crowds? I mean, those were, were Cleveland, Ohio, Midwest, good white Christians out there, Catholics probably, uh, uh, just getting all fired up by the brilliant Father Coughlin. And everything he had to say is so true. And imagine that speech going on today, Paul, and then Zach. Right. And we just don't really have any comparable orators, you know, like Father Coughlin or Huey P. Long. I mean, even, uh, you know, Lindbergh, even though he was not the greatest orator, uh, he, you know, they put most politicians to, today just to, sh to shame. Right. And uh, a brief note about uh, Father Coughlin. I, I have a book now. Uh, actually, I've had a book for a long time called Radio Priest. And it was a nice gesture that my, my parents, probably my dad, 
they gave it to me one time for Christmas or my birthday. I would say, I don't know, maybe late 80s, early 90s, something oh, like nice. that. Yeah, because by the time, I don't know, I would say at least by the early 80s, maybe even by the late 70s. I think 79 is when I first read Erwin Schiff's book, The Biggest Con, where he described our money system. And, you know, basically we have sort of a counterfeiting money system. And then a few years later, I was to learn about the Federal Reserve. So I started talking about the Federal Reserve and the IRS with a very low level of Jew awareness. It was what I would call tinged with Jew awareness, but it was not the overriding uh, thing it would become later once I became, you know, quote, Jew aware. But yeah, that uh, that was a gift to me from my parents because I was talking about this sort of thing. And my dad apparently remembered Father Coughlin. So anyway, yeah. Oh, that's a cool remembrance. So Zach, you're a young fellow. What is your take on Father Coughlin? Uh, I'm actually familiar with that clip. I've, I've seen it myself a, a few times. Uh, it was part of my, my process of uh, looking into the, the history of, of World War II and the actual truth behind it, um, trying to find how, how if there were Americans that were actually standing up for what was going on and, and speaking against it. Um, and I, I happened to come across that clip. And, yeah, there, there were millions of people, or well, not millions, but thousands of people in that stadium specifically and, and millions in general probably listening that had the same sentiment. Um, it's just a shame that their opinions were, were kind of pushed to the background. That's a great, great, uh, great summation, Zach. And Sam, if you could cue up clip number three. Now, you know, if the media, like I mentioned last week in my intro, that uh, my my uh, faculty advisor when I was an undergraduate and with my dual degrees of journalism and mass communication, radio, TV, um, was a guy named Earl Grow who wrote his, his PhD thesis on the Fairness Doctrine, and then he published it as a book, and it was used as a textbook when he taught the Fairness Doctrine course. And, and so if we had the Fairness Doctrine today and we would really see diversity of opinion, there are savvy people who understand the Jewish problem of all shades of skin color. And this, this is a black woman, but she gets it. So check out this clip. serious what's going on in America because they are indoctrinating students they're indoctrinating students to go against their parents. And this is Marxism. This is socialism. I'm very familiar with it. And I want everybody to educate themselves. They have taken positions in government. They have taken positions in schools to bring about their ideology. And it's very radical. It's extreme radicalism. I'll give you an example because I'm black. One way they can spread this, this indoctrination is they'll say, well, that's anti-black or you're being racist, but I know what Marxism is. I know what socialism is, and they will hide it under a guise. Well, we're going to teach first graders about sex, and we're going to do this because this is about equal rights, but it's not, it's not about equal rights. Socialist Marxism, they'll see it's right here on these universities, and it's in, they started in the private schools, and now they're, they're going to the charter schools, and they're going to the public schools, and they're teaching, like in socialist countries, to be spies, so we spy on each other. Don't tell your parents. Trust the teachers. Don't trust your parents. Your parents have to take care. There you go. Uh, uh, Paul, your thoughts, and then Zach. I mean, this, uh, clearly their woman gets it. Right. Um, no, I saw the clip. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of people that get it without clearly articulating the problem or even understanding the true history but they just know what's wrong. I would probably put her in that category. I would imagine if you sat her down and 
you know, uh, took her through the, uh, the, shall we say, the, the course that we've all been through, there probably wouldn't be uh, that much she's familiar with. But she knows enough. She gets it. She knows it's wrong, what's going on. Yeah, great point. Go ahead, Zach, your thoughts on that woman's uh, insights about Bolshevism 2.0. Uh, well, to, first off, to, to hear a, a black woman actually speak of it uh, in terms of Marxism is, is quite rare. Uh, many uh, fail to recognize that factor of it uh, ideologically. But it's very important because, uh, you know, we, we look at in, in history, the Jewish tactic of Marxism was to take the lower working class and rise them up against the upper class of society. But today they've uh, essentially morphed that into <clears throat> a form of minority conflict. So they're, they're turning um, any form of minority into a Marxist that works specifically against this, uh, this traditional system that we have. Um, a, a great example, obviously, would be Black Lives Matter. I mean, the, the what was her name? Patricia Cullors. She was one of the yeah. heads of BLM, openly went on an interview and stated that they're, they're trained Marxists. Well, I mean, yeah. who's training them? <laughs> it's quite, quite clear. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. A great point. That's a great point. All right, we're coming uh, to the bottom of the hour uh, break, so I guess we'll uh, we'll actually here's a, here's a here's a short one, Sam. If you could play clip number two, the president of El Salvador, Nayibi Bukele, um, really uh, lucidly understands, and I, I've seen clips from other foreign leaders that that same observations, but this. This fellow, President Bukele, really gets what's going on with the uh, Jewish malignancy that has rotted the United States from within. So check this out. Uh, the demise of the U.S. has to come from within. Right? The enemies have to be inside, not, not really outside. No, no, no external enemy can, could, can cause so much damage as internal. It's an internal operation. You're, you're watching internal operations here. You, you can see them in, the, in cities, cities that were pristinely beautiful 30 years ago are wastelands right now. You would see people, I mean, I'm from El Salvador, a third world country in Central America, and myself, I can see cities here and say, I don't want to, I want to live here. So that, that would be unthinkable three decades ago, totally unthinkable. That a Salvadoran wouldn't want to live in a U.S. city, in a U.S. main city. I mean, Los Angeles, San New York, Francisco, Chicago. Yeah. Well, uh, Philadelphia, Baltimore. When you look how the cities are eroding so fast, this has to be by design. I mean, who? who I mean, who would make so many stupid decisions? Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you money for drugs. Really, they're doing that. In some cities, they're giving people drugs. I mean, they're literally giving people drugs in some U.S. cities. Or they say, okay, we're going to give you money if you don't work. Or we're going to, you know, they make all of these laws that make no sense. There you go. I mean, literally, he could have gone on and pointed out, Paul, that the, these uh, these uh, woke uh Race traders are taking their uh, three, four-year-old, five-year-old little kids to watch these mentally, mentally ill homos dress up like women and prance around like they're a beautiful stripper and lip-sync to music when they're just mentally ill, talentless uh, 
child rapists. So, I mean, the list could go on and on, but your thoughts. I mean, look at he, 30 years ago, he would say any El Salvadoran would welcome the, a chance to go to a United States city, and now they can't. And that's all from the vile Jew in just 30 years. Well, you know, you're out there in the country, and I, um, I'm not that far, but I can go back to the Bay Area where I used to live and literally walk through parts of it and wonder where am I, right? Yeah. In other words, yeah. we, could, we could go to our childhood homes and walk down some of the same streets and what the heck happened. And, you know, part of it is the, uh, shall we say, the wrong sort of human protoplasm has been implanted or transplanted on our shores, and that's that's an issue because— just like somebody once said, demography is destiny. But also, it, it uh, sort of goes hand in glove with what you were saying earlier about what happened to HT with doing 30 days, where I could send you YouTube link after YouTube link after BitChute link after any other platform link about black criminals committing, in many cases, violent crimes out on no bail, awaiting trial while they commit another crime. You know? There you go. All right, bottom of the hour break. We'll get uh, Zach's thoughts after these messages. Stay tuned. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for Truth, Liberty, and Balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. 
It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop and lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop and lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. You need to exterminate the Jews. All and only the Jews. They're not white. They're not good, not cool. They're right. good for nothing. Yep. Uh, playing fake fucking Holocaust scumbag fucking Jews. You nailed it. Number one of the two-hour sane asylum. It's uh, remember, remember the fifth of November. But one thing, you many of the loyal uh, RepublicBroadcasting.com listeners remember is two years ago today, the the great uh, leader John Statmiller, RBN is literally the house that Statmiller built, uh, passed on. And so uh, what's going on now is uh, part of the ongoing autumn fund drive is RBN will be conducting an ongoing book drive beginning today through January 8th, 2024. If you can make a donation of $100 or more between in any of the weeks between November 5th and January 7th, you will have an opportunity to receive a pr- book previously owned by the great Stadmiller and, and is called the book of the week drawing. And, um, uh, uh, so if you, if you can swing it, please, uh, uh, donate a hundred bucks and, um, and, and get into uh, the drawing. And so, uh, RBN and, and speak free radio who also carries this is, uh, they're both doing fundraisers. And as you can well imagine to run a, ra- a internet radio station with live original content, 24, seven, 365 days a year costs a lot of money. And so, uh, the RBN store is excellent, but, if you if you really want to honor the memory of John Statmiller, why don't you 
donate 100 and get in the, the book of the week thing. So that'll be very cool if you can do that. All right, we're back. And uh, we were just uh, discussing the clip from the uh, El Presidente, literally not joking. So, Zach, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I certainly agree um, with the, the sentiment that it is decaying from within. Uh, you would have to be uh, insane to, to not think otherwise. And whether this is a, let's just uh, assume this wasn't a, an inside job, um, our, our political candidates who are supposed to be standing up for us and, and ensuring safe living standards, uh, they aren't speaking against the, the horrendous living conditions we're in. Uh, which then further proves the point that this this is absolutely deliberate. A hundred percent, couldn't agree more. All right, so um, let's let's uh, let's go to clip number. This is interesting. Clip number one, uh, Sam, if you could cue that up. Now, this fella is is a lord, a British lord. He's also. Uh, a somewhat rational Jew, and he spe- he went before the uh, parliament, and he's speaking truths about the nutty uh, uh, genocidal mass murder BB nutty a hole and the terrorists running Israel. This is really interesting. So check this out. I was brought up as an Orthodox Jew and a Zionist. On a shelf in our kitchen was a tin box of the Jewish National Fund into which we put coins to help the pioneers (coughs) building a Jewish presence in Palestine. I first went to Israel in 1961 and I've been there since more times than I can count. I had family in Israel and I have friends in Israel. One of them fought in the wars of 1956, 1967 and 1973 and was wounded in two of them. The tie clip which I'm wearing is made from a campaign decoration awarded to him, which he presented to me. I've known most of the Prime Ministers of Israel, starting with the founding Prime Minister, David Ben-Gurion. Golda Meir was my friend. So was Igal Alon, the Deputy Prime Minister, who as a general won the Negev for Israel in the 1948 War of Independence. My parents came to Britain as refugees from Poland. Most of their families were subsequently murdered by the Nazis in the Holocaust. My grandmother was ill in bed when the Nazis came to her hometown of Stashov. A German soldier shot her dead in her bed. Madam Deputy Speaker, my grandmother did not die to provide cover for Israeli soldiers murdering Palestinian grandmothers in Gaza. The present Israeli government ruthlessly and cynically exploit the continuing guilt among Gentiles over the slaughter of Jews in the Holocaust as justification for their murder of Palestinians. The implication is that Jewish lives are precious, but the lives of Palestinians do not count. On Sky News a few days ago, the spokeswoman for the Israeli army, Major Leibovitch, was asked about the Israeli killing of, at that time, 800 Palestinians. The total is now 1,000. She replied instantly, Five of them were milita- 500 of them were militants. That was the reply of a Nazi. I suppose that Jews fighting for their lives in the Warsaw Ghetto could have been dismissed as militants. 
The Israeli Foreign Minister, Tsipi Livni, asserts that her government will have no dealings with Hamas because they're terrorists. Tsipi Livni's father was Eitan Livni, Chief Operations Officer of the terrorist Irgun Svai Liumi, who organized the blowing up of the King David Hotel in Jerusalem, in which 91 victims were killed, including four Jews. Israel was born out of Jewish terrorism. Jewish terrorists hanged two British sergeants and booby-trapped their corpses. Irgun, together with the terrorist Stern Gang, massacred 254 Palestinians in 1948 in the village of Deir Yassin. Today, the present Israeli government indicate that they will be willing, in circumstances acceptable to them, to negotiate with the Palestinian President Abbas of Fatah. It's too late for that, Madam Deputy Speaker. They could have negotiated with Fatah's previous leader, Yasser Arafat, who was a friend of mine. <coughs> Instead, they besieged him in a bunker in Ramallah, where I visited him. It's because of the failings of Fatah since Arafat's death that Hamas won the election, the Palestinian election in 2006. Hamas is a deeply nasty organization, but it was democratically elected and it is the only game in town. The boycotting of Hamas, including by our own government, has been a culpable error from which dreadful consequences have followed. The great Israeli Foreign Minister Abba Eben, with whom I campaigned for peace on many platforms, said, you make peace by talking to your enemies. However many, many Palestinians the Israelis murder in Gaza, they cannot solve this existential problem by military means. Whenever and however the fighting ends, there will still be one and a half million Palestinians in Gaza and two and a half million more Palestinians in the West Bank who are treated like dirt by the Israelis with hundreds of roadblocks and with the ghastly denizens of the illegal Jewish settlements harassing them as well. The time will come, not so long from now, when they will outnumber the Jewish population in Israel. It's time for our government to make clear to the Israeli government that its conduct and policies are unacceptable and to impose a total arms ban on Israel. It is time for peace, but real peace not the solution by conquest, which is the Israelis' real goal, but which is impossible for them to achieve. They're not simply war criminals, they're fools. Wow, there you go. Paul and then Zach. That was, first of all, you know, the guy's a rational Jew, and he's honest, so a rarity there. But how about that speech in the parliament, Paul? <sighs> Okay, so good thing overall, but since I know that you will not object to me speaking freely here, right. uh, my reaction in general to uh, he and other such Jews who say such things is like, yeah, 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 fine, okay, look, uh, you know, he talked about all these times he's been to Israel, in my opinion, he could stay there, okay, the minute he <laughs> talks about the Holocaust, or some German soldier shot his grandmother while she was in her bed, which I bet you right now didn't happen, I'll put yeah. money Across the counter, as you know, Giuseppe, I like to wager money, and I will wager right. my hard-earned money, cash, across the counter that that never happened. Not that it couldn't have, but I bet you right now that some of his Jewish relatives are liars. And right. here's the thing about this whole Palestinian thing, okay? It's just a crack in the door, a gigantic door 
of Jewish crime over the centuries, okay? I mean, in case, uh, you know, you haven't forgot, the Jews just got done trying to poison the whole world and kill people in the process and corrupt the blood, which is what I really believe the vaccines are all about, not just to undermine our health and not just to cause vaccine injury, but to corrupt our blood. That's what they do. And please, I'm not going to go into a rant, which I could, about not all, not all Jews. Yeah, I get it. I will destroy the not all argument on another occasion, which I've already done, because it's a midwit kind of an argument that can be easily dispensed with. So not all Jews are bad Jews, but we don't need any good Jews. That would be my take for the moment. Thanks for hearing me, bud. Yeah, yeah, I well said. Uh, Zach, your thoughts on that uh, speech before Parliament? Well, I agree, and uh, you know, two points I, I have on this is um, n- number one, it, this is another case of the uh, good Jew, bad Jew situation, yeah. where we uh, we see a you know a hypothetical good Jew who stands here and and he'll say good things uh, about you know he'll expose some bad things that the Jews have done, but then he also trickles in, but still they're the eternal victims, you know, the, the yeah. Holocaust narrative has to get thrown in there. So even yeah. though they're doing bad things now, you know, that one small group of them, uh, we've still been, been treated worse. It's that, that constant sentiment. Um, but uh, one, one other point I want to make uh, about the uh, Ergen, uh, Ergen delegation that he talked about, which was a, mm-hmm. a, a, essentially an Israeli terrorist group. Right. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the head people that was associated with that group was a, a man named Meyer Kahane, who uh, quite literally founded the GDL which uh, is, is also important to, to understand. So they were, they were also operating here and, and doing awful things here. Now, you said the GDL, the Goyim Defense League? No, 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 JDL, the Jewish oh, JDL. Defense League. Sorry, yes. my bad. Yeah, the Jewish <laughs> Yes, yes, the, uh, the Jewish Defense League, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a great point and well said. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with what both you guys said. And, uh, of course, they, it, they need some noble sounding jews to to somehow uh push you back into oh the holocaust oh oh uh, six million uh, innocent victims which we all know is just a bunch of bunch of nonsense and uh let's see go ahead just and quickly to yeah if i just want to add a little bit more See, the other thing that I always have to keep in my mind and I like to remind people of is what we've been subjected to in terms of propaganda and mind control over the decades by Hollywood, by television, by, you know, the print media, the images that they've painted of Germans, okay, who are essentially fighting for Europe, fighting for their lives as war was being made upon their nation, right? And I give you uh, no better example, and I, I've watched a lot of Hollywood movies, and I, I think that they're good, even though I recognize them for what they are. Like, I watched Schindler, Schindler's List a couple of times. I thought it was a really good movie. Of course, a lot of it's nonsense. Right. And I also watched this movie called The Pianist, which I also think is a very good movie, quite entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. But all, it's very indicative of what we've been subjected to do by the opening scene. Within the first few minutes of that movie, The Pianist, You will see German soldiers going up to a second or third floor apartment of a Jewish family and then just, you know, post haste, throwing an old woman or man in a wheelchair over the balcony for no other reason, just to do it. In other words, this is the image that Hollywood subjects us to. Right. German German soldiers throwing elderly Jewish people in wheelchairs over a balcony, which probably never happened. So, again, you know, this is something always in the back of my mind. Every time I hear somebody, even an American politician, 
talking about a sliver, a crack in the window. Let's hear this same British lord talk about the international banking system controlled by these Jews or all the other uh, things that they've done, the wars, right? Uh, you know, child sex slavery, sex trafficking, on and on. Let's hear him talk about that, and then I'll be happy to hear what he has to say. That's a great point, Paul. Do you want to add anything else, Zach? No, I, I certainly, uh, I entirely concur with, with what he's saying. You know, again, there are, there are very, very, very few that have just actually gone down and, and tried to expose what their people really are and have been doing without somehow still trying to throw shade on one group or another of the Gentiles. There you go. That's it. You know, there's been two, you know, anybody with uh, above 100 IQ is trying to understand what what the, the Israeli game really is, right? It's certainly not... Uh, uh, just purely genociding of the uh, Palestinians. That's just uh, that's just the cherry on top of the whipped cream on the Sunday. There, there, there's something much bigger afoot. And I recently read in the past week that supposedly there's a massive, massive uh, uh, oil access from um, from Gaza, which is probably the same discovery that I read about last year with Iran. There's probably this enormous untapped oil thing so that could be it but sam if you could queue up clip a net 11 but this this idea of the so-called instead of the suez canal the ben gurion canal this is really ponderous so let's listen to what this young woman has sussed out and then we'll discuss it my mind is blown i just watched something that answers every question about why America, the UK, and France are so staunchly in support of Israel and what it's doing right now. And of course, it has to do with money, obviously. But not what we would have thought of. I think we all would have assumed it was oil. Turns out it's not. Turns out this is what it's all about. This is the Suez Canal. This is owned by Egypt. The Suez Canal makes about $9 billion a year. And where does that $9 billion go to? It goes to Egypt. Egypt nationalized the canal, so it makes all the profit. So who's not collecting on this are the Americans, the British, and the French, and the Israelis. They want to change that. Enter the Ben-Gurion Canal Project over here. This is what's happening right now in the Middle East. What we're seeing on TV is all a ploy. It's all about granting access for this canal. The American and Israeli government plan on nuking this land over here to build a canal. They're going to use this land because that land is built out of a rocky terrain, whereas the Suez Canal is built on more of a sandy terrain. By digging through a rockier ground, they would have more likelihood to have a wider canal allowing two ships to pass each other at the same time as opposed to one ship, which is presently happening in the Suez Canal. And where do you think that canal empties? Not just in the Mediterranean Sea. The Ben-Gurion Canal would empty right in northern Gaza. The Ben-Gurion Canal would empty into the Mediterranean at the northern point of Gaza. Northern Gaza. <laughs> so all we're seeing here ethnic cleansing, genocide, forcing all of the Palestinians into the south of Gaza. 
It's all to build this canal. Well, there you go, Paul. That's a very ponderous theory. Your thoughts? Then we'll go to Zach. Well, assuming that it's true, I'm reminded of the great line uh, Claude Rains spoke in Casablanca when he said, I'm shocked. Shocked. <laughs> there you go. I, uh, I entirely uh, concur with that. Um, I certainly also agree with your original statement that there is uh, clearly much more than just um, genociding uh, Palestinians. I think that's uh, really a, a step in the process of getting this third, third temple of Solomon built up on their Mount Zion. Yeah. And yeah. We, I think we all know that the Jews are the kings of real estate redevelopment. And I think no doubt. Yeah. That's, that's what this is. As crude as a way of putting it, uh, that's what they do. So true. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be very curious to see because uh, I, I hadn't even heard of the Ben Gurion project in the last week or two. It's popped up like through four or five different sources that I follow. So either either it's good disinformation or, or something something uh, big is going on. I guess time will tell. So, you know, Paul, go ahead, please. No, I was going to say, and a point worth making, too, is this could all be a win-win. In other words, the 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 system that we live under with the, with the Germans, the National Socialists, were trying to point out, you know, this evil international capitalism, which communism, the same thing, right? Two yep. sides of the same coin. Yep. Is it, it could be good for everybody, but the Jews are going to insist that it's only good for them and just the few of them, and it's mostly going to be misery for the rest of us. That's what they're about, and it's unfortunate, and we have to deal with it sooner or later. And uh, I think that this thing is uh, is going to be the key to the unraveling. If it does unravel, which is a good thing, then I am thankful that it happened. I feel bad for the Palestinians. But I think the, the fabric of Jewish uh, world hegemony is quickly unraveling. And I think the, all of us here have seen, just like the listeners have probably seen, the chance of gas the Jews from crowds in various cities. It's like yeah. this is this is a problem for them. And it's a problem I'm glad they have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and would you like to add anything, Zach? No, I, I, I entirely agree all the way through. Cool. Well, Sam, if you could cue up clip number seven, you know, the I've done about three shows, I think maybe four, interviewing E. Michael Jones. Brilliant guy, but he's 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 uh, he's kind of uh, and I'm going to call spade a spade, even though he's a white guy. Is uh, uh, he's kind of a spineless guy, kind of an academia. Uh, elite coward because he, he does this phenomenal research on on his latest book about the Jew and then he's he he real he he ends it uh, in interview Paul you and I talked about this off uh, off air he ends it by saying how do you deal with the Jew you love them and uh, we both like laughed because it's so silly to say that and uh, the, I would rather see uh, Martin Luther the great uh, 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 revisionist against uh, Catholicism, creating his own church eventually, but he tried for 40 years to uh, reform the Jews, and then he wrote in 1526 on the Jews and their lies. Uh, this is what he said. First, their synagogue should be set on fire. Jewish prayer books should be destroyed and rabbis forbidden to preach. The homes of Jews should likewise be smashed and destroyed and their residents put under one roof or in a stable like gypsies to teach them that they are not master in our land. 
had E. Michael Jones quoted that, I would be like, based, I can respect you, sir, but uh, instead, but this quote, quote, uh, the clip number seven, he does nail it as far as the hypocritical, phony, and, and liar, uh, uh, Anthony Shlomo Blinken, the installed fraud secretary of state, uh, uh, listen to E. Michael tear this guy apart. It's pretty good. In May of 2023, the Biden administration released the first U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism, a document which President Biden claimed represents the most ambitious and comprehensive U.S. U.S. government-led effort to fight anti-Semitism in American history. The historical significance of this document diminished considerably in light of the legal disclaimer which preceded any of its content. According to that disclaimer, the U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism does not supersede, modify, or direct an interpretation of any existing federal, state, or local statute, regulation, or policy. This disclaimer facilitated passage of the document, but make no mistake, the legal disclaimer is a subterfuge. The U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism is the first step toward making Holocaust denial a criminal offense in the United States. The United States will soon join Europe where that is already the case. According to Wikipedia, 16 European countries along with Canada and Israel have laws against Holocaust denial. Wikipedia goes on to say laws against Holocaust denial have been proposed in many other countries in addition to those nations that have criminalized such acts including the United States and the United Kingdom. In June 2023, as part of the publicity campaign surrounding the release of the U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken appeared in a video produced by the World Jewish Congress in which he claimed that his stepfather, Samuel Pizar, was rescued from a concentration camp by the 761st All-Negro Tank Battalion. As he got to the tank, according to Blinken, the hatch opened, opened and a large, large African-American GI looked down at him. And he looked up at the GI and got down on his knees and said the only three words of English that he knew that his mother had taught him before they were separated. God bless America. The GI reached down, pulled him up into the tank, into freedom, into America. It's a moving story. Unfortunately, it never happened. It never could have happened because the 761st was over 100 miles or 174 kilometers, to be precise, away from Dachau when it was liberated by the Allies on April 29, 1945. Pizar was even farther away from Coburg, which is 328 kilometers away, when Pizar was hiding out in the woods near Penzing before the liberation of Dachau. This makes All Lincoln... right, that's E. Michael Jones proven that fish swim, birds fly, and blinking Jews lie. Stay tuned for hour number two. We're going to open up the lines, hear what you have to say after these messages.
Find your inner rebel at Dixie. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.